Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we are thankful that in our brokenness, in our tiredness, in our worn outness that we can come to you and we realize, Lord, that you are still a mighty God. A God who stands in our stead, who holds us up. Lord, as we quiet our hearts this morning to hear your word, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. Lord, I pray that this passage would be powerful in our lives today. Open our eyes that we might hear and see and experience your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Morning scriptures from Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 28. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. On arriving, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. And God had his blessing to the reading this morning as we sing. School has uh, recently started, as we all know, for kids and for teachers across our country and in different parts of the world as far as that's concerned. And uh, one of the things about school that uh, always... Uh, uh, reminds us about how important it is, is, is that we have to have uh, good teachers or the schools really aren't worth uh, uh, taking time to send our kids to go and learn. Uh, you probably had some favorite teachers, some good teachers that helped you to learn one thing or another over the years. And uh, this morning we want to think about uh, your favorite teacher and maybe what was that made uh, that teacher uh, among your favorites. I think of my first grade teacher, she was born with only one arm, and yet at 60 years old, she was still out there in the playground with us playing softball. So she was an enthusiastic teacher that taught not only reading and writing, but perseverance in life. Uh, Mrs. Weimer uh, went down in history probably with many of us as the best first grade teacher uh, that you could possibly have. And then there was uh, Mr. Bryden, he was a seventh grade teacher. And he was a good storyteller. He could tell stories uh, about history uh, that would really get you involved. Felt like as if you were there uh, during the Crusades, or you were there in World War II, or you were there with the American Indians in the wilderness in the West, or whatever it was that the topic might have been. Uh, these people displayed characteristics that we can also find in a person named Apollos in um, the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 18 that Pastor Dan read for us this morning, uh, we see uh, some of these characteristics. And this morning we're going to continue after worship here with uh, Promotion Sunday, I guess we call it here. 
uh, and the advancement, celebrate the advancement of the students into uh, new Sunday school classes and new small groups. And we, we need to be praying that the Lord will raise up more uh, good teachers uh, with the kind of characteristics of Apollos and uh, some good students that also share some of those characteristics that we find here in Acts chapter 18. In order to remember these characteristics, I've chose to call them, use, use the same first, uh, first letter of the word. And w- what teacher here can tell me what that technique is? I can't think of it. One Sunday I was preaching, uh, and I used this in another sermon. And alliteration. alliteration, is that what you... Acrostic, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's one. It, it was a, It seemed like it was a long. It was a bigger word than either one of acrostic or alliteration. But you know, I, yeah. Well, anyhow, this uh, this gentleman who was a uh, a major in the army, he told me after church as as I, I as he shook my hand the name of whatever it was that I was using the technique. So. You can all go home and Google that and try to figure out what that is, and maybe by next week we can, uh, we can find somebody that knows what that, what that meaning is. But we're going to use ease this morning, and the first one we find here in Acts chapter 18 about Apollos is he was an eloquent speaker, E for eloquent. He caught people's attention. Now, we've had some famous leaders in our country like that and around the world. You know, Winston Churchill comes to mind, a very eloquent speaker, uh, we think of Ronald Reagan and President Kennedy and President Obama. Those fellows all really were quite uh, the orators. They were able to eloquently put across their message, and they were able to accomplish great things in that way. Now, Apollos knew that the good news about Jesus, about God's love, deserved the best attention, or the best presentation in order to get the attention of the people that he was talking about. So, it's true with anything, whether we're a teacher, or a student, a, a farmer, a bricklayer, whatever we are, God's work deserves, God's work through us deserves uh, our best. And there's no shortcuts to that good work. Now, eloquence, uh, 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 an artist told me one time, is, is like the frame of a picture. When you, when you are an artist, you're always looking for the perfect frame. If you're a good photographer, you want a good frame for your picture. The frame has to, uh, to bring your attention to the picture, but not distract from the message of the picture. The frame can't compete with, with the picture or the artistic uh, rendering that you've done. And so that's the way Paulus, Apollos was. He was eloquent in his speaking, but yet his powerful presentation did not distract from the gospel about Jesus. And then we have, secondly, here we have an education undergirded everything that Apollos did. He was fortunate, blessed to be able to grow up in a place called Alexandria, Egypt. And he had the, uh, the best students, the best tutors that he could possibly have found in that day. Alexandria was uh, a renowned city in the ancient world that was known for its great libraries. And until the 20th century, there were probably no libraries in the world that even began to compare with the library and Alexandria, Egypt. So Apollos was used to listening and learning from other people, these tutors and teachers that he'd had over the years. And the student and teacher ratio there in Alexandria was quite low, and so he was able to get the attention of a teacher, and the teacher could uh, make the lessons apply to his life. 
Now, we might not be blessed with a formal education like Apollos did. We don't live, perhaps, in the greatest city of the, of the world as far as libraries are concerned. But uh, it's not education, really, that makes a good teacher. It's the fact that all of us have two ears <laughs> and two eyes, two ears that can hear what God has for us to learn, two eyes that can see uh, the world around us and how that world can be touched by God and how we can make a difference in that world. And, of course, we only have one mile, so if that's, the ratio is right, that would be five to one. So we should be listening and, and seeing at least uh, five times as often as we are talking. And so we, we know that education uh, is based on, on uh, what we can see and what we can hear, what God has incorporated into our life, as Christians, through his Holy Spirit that dwells within us. So we have that extra uh, effort, that extra um, blessing to have God's Spirit live within us. Children often teach us what good listening and what good watching, seeing can do. And I don't know about you, but I've been embarrassed several times over the years by my kids who've seen me do or heard me say some things that I probably uh, should not have said or uh, they should not have seen. And yet uh, kids learn, as all of us do, by uh, seeing and hearing. And education undergirds that, that uh, role of a good teacher. So we need to be eager to be educated in Jesus' ways. We need to be eager to be open to God's Spirit living within us and speaking through his words and through the things we see around us in the world that he has made and through the interaction we have by hearing and speaking with people that God brings into our lives. And then next, uh, a good teacher like Apollos is enthusiastic and he's energetic. The Greek word here for enthusiasm or energy, uh, it's, it's named, it's, it's translated fervor in the NIV, but the original Greek, uh, the word really means boiling over, like a pot of water is boiling over. And so if you can imagine a good teacher that you've known, that person just kind of boils over with excitement about the particular area that they're trying to teach you about in, in any given day. So good teachers and good students know that what they're learning and what they're teaching is important in life. And this kind of infectious attitude boils over into the lives of other people around them. Enthusiasm and energy is kind of taught. It's kind of infectious, like a disease. And it, and it affects our minds, and it affects our spirits, so that not only do we learn things here, but our whole motivation in life can change through the enthusiasm and the energy of a good teacher that boils over into our life. A couple of fellows that really made a difference for me over the years, one fellow was named James Kennedy, and he wrote uh, the material called Evangelism Explosion. But he had such an enthusiastic nature about evangelism and about seeing people come to know Jesus that you just couldn't help but after you listened to him or after you read his book called, uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but anyhow, uh, after you read it, you were enthusiastic to get out there and help other people to know Jesus. And then there was another fellow named Peter Lord, and he also was in Florida. And, and he was a fellow that was equally enthusiastic about the devotional life about how we can exercise spiritual disciplines in our life and really help us to, to change our interaction with other people as well as our interaction with the Lord and the way the Lord was working in our life. So teachers are enthusiastic and they're energetic. 
And then next to Apollos was also an effective teacher. He was effective in uh, what I put up here as the ABCs of teaching. Effectiveness in teaching. A is accuracy. It says in this passage that Pastor Dan read for us that he accurately presented uh, the Word of God, the truth about Jesus. Now, Apollos only understood Jesus from the Old Testament. He understood the prophecies concerning this one who would be called the Messiah, who would come into the world and change the world and make the world right. And so he knew from the Old Testament about Jesus, and he'd heard about John the Baptist and the the baptism of repentance. Uh, His understanding of the content of Scripture was very accurate. He could, like many Pharisees of his day, teachers of his day, He could probably quote entire books of the Old Testament, and so there was no doubt about his accuracy. Now that's compared to myself. Years ago, when I was uh, just out of uh, college, I was uh, pastoring a church, and and they paid me a whopping $100 a week. And, uh, you know, that was pretty good pay in those days, but it wasn't quite enough to keep the, the, you know, things going, so I, I, I substitute taught in a school. Now, the interesting thing was I wasn't very effective because it seemed like every time I went, I was asked to teach home economics. Or, <laughs> or, or they asked me to teach a, a metal shop, you know. <laughs> or they, they would ask me to teach physics or something. You know, I, you know I'm completely out of the ballpark. I was an elementary education teacher. They'd have taught, you know, put me in a first grade class or second grade, then I'd probably been Okay. But this was in a high school, and so I was never very effective in my teaching because I wasn't accurate. I had no idea what in the world. Uh, uh, the only physics thing I remember is, is it H2O? Is that water? I think, you know, something. I think that, that's about the only that's one I could. Oh, that, oh, that's chemistry. See, I even had the wrong. Oh, yeah. You can tell how accurate I was in my, my presentation. Almost there. Almost there, that's right. Then secondly, we see B is for boldness. Uh, Apollos was a very bold fellow. In fact, uh, his boldness nearly got him into trouble. People like uh, Stephen had been stoned to death for being bold about proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, And Paul, later we know, he was stoned and, and beaten and all kinds of stuff for his proclamation of Jesus as Messiah. It says in verse 28 that Apollos vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Apollos uh, was encouraged after a while because he was so bold, he was encouraged to leave town. You better get out of here before somebody does you in. And so his friends helped him to get out of town to another city where he could continue to be accurate and bold in his effective teaching about Jesus. And then the C part is correction. Interestingly enough, like I said earlier, Apollos knew all kinds of stuff about Scripture. He could quote from Isaiah that talked about the prophecies of this coming Messiah, and he could quote from the Psalms, and probably when he he would lead in worship, he, he could sing the Psalms as they did in those days in a very beautiful voice, perhaps. But his eloquence and his education and his enthusiasm and his effectiveness needed to be corrected. And, they, and he was corrected. He was open to correction. He was open to learn from two uh, tent makers. 
two people who probably hadn't had a formal education, uh, probably knew how to read and write, but that was about it. And so we have to be like uh, Apollos. We have to be humble enough. That's a word that doesn't fit into my ease, but anyhow, humble enough. We have to be humble enough to learn from anybody <clears throat> and to appreciate uh, God bringing to us people who will correct us uh, when we need to be corrected. And if you're like me, that's quite often perhaps in your life. And then next, uh, to be an effective teacher, we have to enlist the help of other people. We have to enlist the prayerful help of others. This is true of, um, of, of students as well as teachers. And, and there was a couple of verses here I was going to read for you if I can find them. Uh, 26, it says, uh, uh, yes, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, that's the one about Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more ad adequately. So he enlisted Priscilla and Aquila's help to, to learn the whole story about the gospel. And then it says next, when Apollos wanted to go to Acadia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote the disciples there to welcome him. On arriving, he was gr a great help to those who by grace had believed. So he enlisted the help of Priscilla and Aquila. Then he enlisted the help of other Christian friends to help him to go on his way to another city where he could teach. He needed financial help. And in those days, as today, when missionaries went from one location to another, uh, the people at the home location, in this case Ephesus, provided the financial support that, that, that a missionary would need to go to another city. Enlisting help, though, is a two-way street. Students enlist the help of a teacher, and teacher enlists the help of students to be the most effective in the presentation of whatever, whatever material they have. So in, in Apollos' case, he was depending, enlisting the help of his students uh, to learn uh, to, to uh, be, be financially able to go uh, to the new place. Our church does that as well. We today continue to enlist the help of teachers and uh, pastors and leaders in our church in order to minister to us. And our church enlists the help of national ministries, national minister, missionaries, there we go, and our, our church enlists the help of international ministries ministers and missionaries and doctors and so on, so that they can go on our behalf. We enlist others to go on our behalf around our country and around our world. So if we're going to be an effective teacher, we need to be enlisting the help of other persons. And then verse 27, it says that Apollos expanded his territory. He expanded his territory. He wasn't just content to stay in one particular location. In his case, he left one town and went to another. Uh, a good teacher or a good student's never satisfied with just stay, staying put, not, uh, not only physically, because some of us may have to stay in one place. We have to stay where we are. We can't go anywhere else. But we can expand our territory by looking for new places, uh, new ideas to expand the examples and to exemplify and emulate Jesus. There's four more E words for us. We can know that Jesus will help us expand our territory. In the Old Testament, there's a prayer, the prayer of Jabez. 
And if you've read that, that's what he, the prayer basically asks God to, that he would expand Jabez's territory to make a difference in the world in which he lived. Now, as you think about all these ways in which you can be a good teacher or a good student, they apply to both, um, you might feel kind of overwhelmed at all these words. And that's what you should be. You should be overwhelmed because as soon as you start to think you can do it on your own, then you're no longer effective. We have to be constantly dependent on God through his Holy Spirit to enable us to be the kind of teachers, to be the kind of examples, uh, to be the kind of people who exemplify Jesus in the world around us. And if you're overwhelmed, that's good. You're, not, you're right to feel overwhelmed because Jesus wants to help you. In another scripture in John chapter 15, actually I think it's John 16, John 16 and verse 13, let me just read to you what Jesus said about our need to depend on him. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So Jesus is offering his Spirit uh, to enable us to be all of what we can be in, uh, in our work as teachers and as examples uh, of Christ and his kingdom. And then finally, Apollos explained the scriptures in an exceptionally effective and excellent way. The most important point of all of this that we've read this morning is, is that he proved from scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Apollos knew that if you're going to be a, a teacher for the Lord, you have to center it, uh, your teaching on the scripture. We have to have an authority upon which to base our teaching. If, if we're a judge or a lawyer, we base our authority, a policeman, we base our authority on the law. If we didn't have any laws, we would have no need for judges or lawyers or policemen. Uh, but we have laws, and, and those laws are based, uh, that's what our, our life is based on. But the most important law is found in God's Word, the Scriptures. And Apollos knew that the Scriptures pointed to Jesus. And we have to know our Scripture in order to continue to work uh, for the Lord and be the kind of teachers he wants us to be. Apollos, first, at first, when he started telling people about Jesus, he knew in his head what he had not yet understood in his heart. And I think there are many people who come to church that are like Apollos. Uh, like Apollos was at the beginning, at least, before he met Priscilla and Aquila. Many churchgoers have several of these E-characteristics. They maybe are effective teachers. Maybe they're enlisting the help of others. They're expanding their territory, all those E-words that we thought of. But someone is missing from those person's life. If you only have your effectiveness in your head but you haven't effectively met Jesus in your heart, then you're never going to accomplish all of what God has for you. Someone is missing from the lives of many good people. 
many good teachers, many good students. And Jesus is that someone that we all need to know and, and interact with, incorporate into our life through his spirit uh, in order to be effective for God's kingdom. If you're feeling something is missing from your life, that something is someone called Jesus. And you can ask him to come and live in your life. To, you can ask him to forgive your sin uh, and to apply what he has done for you on the cross and through his life and death and his burial and his resurrection. That can all be applied to your life so that you can have abundant life and eternal life in Jesus. But if you're like myself, you've asked Jesus into your life, uh, you're already a Christian, then you can ask Jesus to help you on these E-words so that you can be a better student, a better teacher. You can ask for education in discipleship, uh, formal or informal. You can ask for effectiveness in your outreach. You can ask for the enlistment of other people in the kingdom cause. You can ask God to expand your territory. You can ask God that you'll be more enthusiastic in your mind and your spirit. Whatever the, the situation is with you, you have opportunity today to make a decision. And I pray as we finish our worship service today that you might consider what is it that God is speaking you to do for him and for his kingdom. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, that Apollos was a, a much better teacher and, and a much better preacher than I and perhaps than any of us here today, but yet he sets an example for us, and we know that through your Spirit we can be effective because it's not the words that we speak, uh, but the Spirit that goes forth with those words that makes a difference in people's lives. And so today, Lord, we pray that your Spirit would move among us, that you would help us to apply these examples from the life of Apollos to our own lives, so that we can fulfill your mission and expand your kingdom in this place, where we pray in Jesus' name, amen.